It's episode 17 of LOI Weekly with Johnny Ward and Daniel McDonald with a very special guest, Richie Towell, this week. And we're on Podcast Republic, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, and we're just over the week that uh, was the only week of the season where there's no football taking place. So, Dan, a bit of uh, withdrawal symptoms or how was your few days off? Well, I didn't, I didn't really have the few days off. I was doing the Ireland match. So that was the... Uh, that was that was last week. It was pretty busy, actually. But uh, I, I assume most of the players in the league were either on holidays or I think a couple of cases. I think the Dock were then folded in a bit of a training camp and other clubs. I mean, I think Cork and a few others maybe had a few days off, but then they've been back into it. But um, yeah, it's pretty 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 busy time now with the internationals. What do you make, Richie, of the midterm break? Was it something you were a fan of? Yeah, I used to love it. Yeah, um, because kind of gives you that little breather it does because it's so hectic especially if you're the likes of Dundalk and you're playing so many games all the time and training at such a high intensity that little break can can be nice and you go away recharge the batteries and come back ready to go again like what if Stephen Kenny said to you we're going away to Fort Island in the middle of the break would you be happy with that <laughs> I would have rather go to Spain somewhere to be honest but no I think the lads had a couple of days off um before that so I think they, they got to go away. But when they came back, I think I think they realised they had to get get down to business mm. and he probably wanted to get them together, um, go through a few things that's probably been going wrong the last couple of weeks and uh, rectify that. Like How much have you followed him? Yeah, I've always kept in touch with all the lads. Um, I even speak to Stephen and Finney Peart um, quite a lot, I do. Um, I have a lot of good friends there, do you know what I mean? So... Um, I try and speak to them as much as I can and obviously I follow all the results all the time. How are things with you at the moment? When we said you're on the show, obviously got quite a lot of questions. A lot of the questions are based on, well, what's happening with Richie, you know, in terms of your career and where you're at? Because I know, obviously, Chris, you has said that you're going to be going out on loan. Um, where do things stand at the moment in terms of uh, what's, what's happening with you for the season ahead? It's a mad one. It's, it's kind of all up in the air at the moment. Um, obviously, I am going to go out on loan. Um, the gaffer has, has, has stated that he has and it's something that, that I wanted to do as well. So um, obviously we signed the new contract just before I came home. It was it was something uh, that we both spoke about before I had signed it and we thought it would be a good idea for, for me to go out and get some game time. So um, as I said, it's very early. Um, it's, pre-season isn't, isn't even started yet. So um, no, nothing's really settled down. So I'm just kind of waiting for the phone to ring um obviously there has been a lot of offers so far that has um so i probably just need to sit down with with um graham barrett and Emma mclaughlin and, and my family and just speak about them and, and see which one would be the best option for me you know how do you feel about how your time's gone at brighton generally how would you sort of assess it it's been tough to be honest um i'm not gonna lie about that um not playing is is never easy especially if if you're someone like me that loves playing football you know um I love training and love everything about the game I do. So when you're not when you're not going out on, on the Saturday, it, it's kinda of heartbreaking it is, you know. You you work hard all week to try and to try and show what you can do on, on the weekend and when you don't get to do that it's um it's quite tough. But at the end of the day, what we achieved was something that I'll never forget. Um being a part of that and um seeing the likes of what Steve Sidwell and, and players like that, how they prepare for games and it's something that I've learned a lot from and to be honest, I've probably learned a lot more this season than I have any other season. You know, even though it's been it's been quite tough for me. Because the competition's quite heavy there. I was over at your game. I think it was um, God. It was away to Wolves. Actually, it was towards the end of the season, a big game. And I think I mean you weren't involved, but I think Kyle wasn't involved as well. It's not as if there's three or four midfielders there. There's serious competition yeah. for places. And but does that 
does, does, did it become demoralising at a point in the season where you sort of probably knew maybe on a Tuesday or Wednesday you're not going to be involved at the weekend? Yeah, um, I know the game you're on about coming towards the end and uh, I think City and Dale Stevens played midfield but there's two full internationals on the bench with yeah. Bernard Kayal and Oli Norwood, you know. The two of them are away on international duty now as uh, as we speak. So um, I needed to just take a step back and, and look at the bigger picture, you know, and um, I needed to be very professional. And I just tried to work on... I knew I had a lot of time on my hands because I wasn't going to play at the weekend. So I tried to work on my weaknesses, you know. Um, Obviously, I'm very physically strong and athletic as it is, so I tried to do a bit more stuff on the pitch I did and just tried to make myself a better player. Trying to, even when I played in the reserve games, trying to study the games after that, see what I've done right and what I've done wrong. And I'm just trying to learn all the time. And obviously, from, from the, the manager that we have at Brighton, I've, I've, learned, uh, I've learned so much so far. The, the new contract, was that something related to promotion or was it something that was just going on in the background anyway? Yeah, to be fair, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I I wasn't expecting it to be honest. Um, when you don't play, you're not you're not expecting a new contract, you know. So, um, I know um my representatives they were they were onto the club and they said he only has a year left. So like he needs to he needs to have some stability. He does he has a young family and stuff like that? And straight away they they said yeah, I think he deserves a new contract. So. Uh, they got the ball rolling on that, and after a couple of weeks, I signed it, which which I was over That's the moon nice. about. That's yeah. nice. When when you played in the, I know you were involved the twenty threes and that Checker Trade Trophy competition. But then you played in the FA Cup. You were sort of playing as a second striker, were you in the game against yeah. Lincoln? There was almost I know you played different roles with Dundalk at different times. We were speaking off air about how you played deep and then sometimes a bit more advanced. But that seemed like you were almost playing off flick ons a bit. Or yeah. how did you have you found how you're viewed in terms of positionally? There? It's it's. It's weird because we play four four two. Um, that's the way Eric Gaffer likes to play, and he doesn't really like to change his, his formation for anything. So, um, if I was going to play and I wanted to get forward, I knew I would have him to play in the more advanced role. So, um, yeah, I played up alongside uh, Glenn Murray in, in the cup game, and oh, to be fair, I loved it. I did. Obviously, we got beaten, which wasn't great. It wasn't, but I managed to get a goal. And as you said, even in the Czech trade games, uh, I was only at the coming back from my knee injury and. I got some valuable game time and I got a couple of goals as well, so it was nice. Because it was a it was a knee injury that set you back. Just for people who aren't maybe aware, it was it was this time last year, right? Was it yeah. preseason last year? You came in flying, didn't you? After yeah. your, after your probably first break in a while, and then what happened? It was a strange one because my knee was haunting me a little bit uh, during preseason, and I kept icing it after every session during preseason, and I was just sore all the time. So I ended up going up for a scan up to London the club are, obviously I'd done it all pre-season like I'd done the whole lot um, and I'd done very well I was top of all the, the running charts and the strength tests and stuff like that so I was delighted with the way it was going in that sense but my knee just kept haunting me after and kept swelling up so I went up to this was before the first um, pre-season game I went up to the surgeon in London got a scan and I got a phone call that night saying he won't be able to play tomorrow and I was like all right, I feel a bit good about that. And he said, you have to go on crutches as well because you're going to be out for quite a long time. So that hit me like a ton of bricks it did, you know, um, because I'd been so geared up to go back and do well. And then that happened. So uh, that was quite tough at that time. What was it actually then? If you have something that you could actually play on and you could ice down after the game? Just yeah, I had a hole in the back of my knee. Mm. Um, Is it I a common injury? Or? No, that's what the, the surgeon said to me. I don't know how he had been training on it. Mm. Like it was hurting me while I was running, but I just kind of, 
Like I've always kind of played through little niggles, you know what I mean? But this was a bigger niggle than I thought. They they said to me if it doesn't heal back itself that I'll be out for the whole year. Um so that was quite scary. So once it did heal itself, um I've been training on it ever since and never had one problem touch wood. So um still training now that I'm home and not a bother with it. So it's strange. Yeah, and despite that you were topping you were saying the charts in terms of strength. Yeah, it's mad because I I done so much running over the summer. Um because I had it in my head, I need to go back and be better than everyone else. Simple as that, you know. Um, so I was out running every day. Probably running on concrete didn't help me, you know. They, the surgeon said the constant pounding. You were uh, actually running on roads and stuff, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. When I went to New York, I was running all around New York on the roads, and all my missus was thinking of mad, like, do you know what I mean? Um, and then when I came back, the, my knee was just kept swelling up all the time. I knew there was something wrong. So when I went up to see the surgeon, he said, no, no chance you can't play anymore. Mm. And so it's possible you overdid it a bit. I mean, yeah, that's what. Running on the roads anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in road running this year, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but now it's fine. Uh, I done 12K yesterday. Um, with Solo, with John Sullivan, that pair of bread. I done some running with him and it was not a bother on it. So uh, I'm delighted now. Yeah, and what what's the reserve circuit like in Britain when you're playing the reserve team? Like, is it kind of... Is it almost demoralising beforehand or you just have to accept the opportunity and make the most of it? Yeah, you have to make the most of it. Yeah. If you go out feeling demoralised, it's not going to benefit you. And you're taking some other lad place that wants to be playing, you know. So I always had the, the sense if I'm going to play, I'm going to play properly. And to be fair, the, the reserve manager, Ruski, um, he was great with me. And when I seen the amount of respect he had for me, I had to give it back, you know. Um, his training, everything was great, and and when I did play, he always wanted me to go and express myself, which was which was nice, you know. Yeah, because yeah, we sorry, Dan, we did joke beforehand that you, you you scored like one goal in your first twenty five in all games, but like you obviously weren't actually playing in as advanced a position. So how one dimensional are you, or how many dimensions have you in terms of your game? Like, how many positions can you think you can play? Because if you're an off the striker and you're in a four four two, you you might be in trouble. Yeah, yeah. it's mad, like because I remember when I first went to Hibs, I was played right back, so. Was that under Finland or before Finland? Before Finland. Okay. Yeah, so I played maybe 40 games in the SPL at right back when I was about 19. Um, then I went to Dundalk. I played sitting midfield and then gradually moved up a little bit and I started scoring a few goals. He, he could say I could actually find the back of the nest. So Stephen pushed me on a little bit. Managed to just keep scoring and then went over to Brian, played as second striker. But Where were you when, in your younger days? Like were you? Before? Yeah, I was always a midfielder. Seven yeah. midfielder, yeah. I was always a midfielder. But then... I just gradually went back and went to right back, I think, because I was so young, 19, playing the SPL. I think um, they thought we'd just put him at the back for a while and get him a bit of experience or something. But now I really love playing right back. It's, I found it quite quite good. You know, I was able to get forward in, in the team that we had. Colin Calderwood was the manager, and he used to just let me express myself as well. And he used to let me uh, bomb up and down the line. So when you're that age, you just want to play, you know. And Hibs was a, it still is a massive club, you know. Um, we used to have twenty thousand people watching us. So me as a as a young lad playing there was was fabulous. Like, how, yeah. how different is the footballer's life at Brighton now compared to what you you had day to day when you were here? Because obviously when you went over, I know you just you were becoming a dad at the time, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, what's it been like just day to day? The facilities, the obviously you have the disappointment about not playing, but otherwise aside from that, the the lifestyle, the the lifestyle and the setup at Brighton is unbelievable. It's like. Definitely, it's top five in the Premier League. Like everything we do, like as soon as we go in in the morning, we have our own iPads. We have to fill in how well we slept, how many hours, are we feeling fatigued, muscle soreness, everything like that. 
then before we even have breakfast we have to do urine tests uh, groin squeezes vertical jump tests we have to do all these tests before we even go and have a bite to eat um, we have all our vitamins laid out for us with our names on them which days to take them on and then the facilities itself the pitches are incredible um, the gym is unbelievable we have we just have everything that we need to push on we have that there and it's just purely down to the club and who's behind it. The chairman has, has been incredible. He has the amount of money he's put into the club. And to be fair, it's it's just rewards for, for getting promoted because um, if anyone's put the money in, it's him and put his time into the club. It's it's, it's great. Is there something that you appreciate now? I mean, do you do you see lads in the academy there or, or you know, who've been through that system their whole life and they don't maybe appreciate it? I mean, because you've probably had the other side yeah. of it for a while. Exactly, like you see all the young lads and to be fair, like they're getting their boots cleaned, they have the best facilities, like they're watching their games, back their clips and some of them don't even watch their clips back, they don't, like they're just wasting the opportunity. I think if they do leave a club like Brighton and go to a lower league club, they'll get a reality check. Um, they'll have to bring their own kit home and wash it. They won't be getting top food after the training. I remember when I was at Dundalk, I used to have to bring my own food up with me, take my kit home, wash it. Now I just realise how lucky I am. Um, the facilities that we have and, and everything there, it's, just, it's really geared up to, to just kick on even even again. Like. If, if you do go on loan, over in, it seems like you will be going on loan, do you have an idea of what level you would like to go? Is Championship very much where you, where you expect yourself to be? Yeah, like to be honest, like I think I can play in the Championship. Um, I was probably just a bit unfortunate. I was uh, the best team in the Championship at the time, you know, um, and I found it hard to get in, but... Um, obviously as I had a lot of time I was watching every single game and I have no doubt that I can compete at that level um, so it's just about getting a chance and once I get the chance I know I'll be ready because I'm at the walking, walking my socks off since I'm home so um, I'm ready to go I am really and Chris Hewton what's he like you know he's he's obviously um, I suppose he's deemed one of the gentlemen in the game Yeah. Um, but obviously you play for him yeah no he's great um, and that's probably a strange one because most players that don't play for the manager don't like them, but it's not the case with me. I have a lot of respect for him. Um, his knowledge of the game is is incredible. It is um, the amount I've learned off him since I'm there is, has been unbelievable. Has so um, it's great working with him, and I hope I can I can still do that for many years. And how much of a bombshell was it that you got a new contract considering you hadn't been playing? Yeah, as I said, I was a sh- I was a shock. There's probably everyone that's saying that I signed it. You know, um, gives you a second lease of life. Yeah, well, the club kept telling me that that they rate me, the manager kept telling me that he rates me, and I kept thinking, you don't, like, you know, it's just being honest, like, I didn't think they did, like, uh, and obviously they showed the faith in me, and they gave me a new deal, because they're not going to hand them out quite easily, you know. Because yeah. you went over with high expectations of your own, yeah. but also, you had expectations of people watching you as well, because yeah. your profile, in the last three or four months, before you left the League of Ireland, was yeah. probably as high as, any players had in recent years, but did you then feel a bit more, when it wasn't working out, that, people at home what are they saying or were you yeah. getting comments yourself from people as to what's happening with you yeah everyone obviously everyone was ringing me and asked me why are you not playing why are you not playing which is a bit frustrating you know because you never have the right answers for them um, and that's all I wanted to do when I went over I just wanted to play so when I wasn't playing it was frustrating but as I said the the overall experience of, of being there and and being a part of something like that, what happened was something that I'll never forget. Pe- people it's, are unrealistic to us, aren't they? You're going into a really good side. Yeah. Like. People don't, people don't realise the players that we have on our team. Like They'll play in the Premier League next year and then people will probably realise 
they're actually a good side, yeah. you know. Because um, I was looking at your age on Wikipedia before, and you're 25, and I think, yeah. Dan, there are no under 25 Irish players in the Premier League. No, there wasn't in the season just gone, mm. other than you know, the young lad, Declan Rice at West Ham, played like two minutes at the end of a game. So um, it's just how, that's yeah. how realistic it is at the moment for an Irish player. I know, and you see, like, we're, we're up competing with the likes of Newcastle, you know, who have spent a, an unbelievable amount of money on their budget throughout the year as... It's Premier League wages, you know what I mean? And I'm sure when they go up, they'll, they'll hit the ground running as well because they have a really good side and a good manager. So um, you're seeing how close we came. We should have won the league. There was no doubt about that. Like We were the better team in the league, but they pipped us on the last day. They did the last minute. But um, yeah, it shows, probably shows the standard that we're actually at. You know, I think we have no doubt that since we did get promoted, we'll hold our own up there as well. Yeah, you're confident of that? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Especially and with the manager we have as well. You yeah. know, he's tactically so aware of everything he is, so I'm sure he'll have the lads well drilled. And I, I presume you haven't given up on Ireland ambitions either? No, definitely not. As, as long as I'm playing football, I want to play for my country, you know. It's uh, it's always been a dream, and I'll never stop being a dream until I, until I stop playing football. So I know I'm a million miles away from it now. I know I need to get my head down, and I know I need to play. So hopefully this coming season I can go out and play and hopefully show the manager what I can do just to move on to questions you have been asked before probably loads of times and we did get a couple of tweets from sort of listeners about it but I mean, how did it feel watching the Dundalk European thing last year and Darren and Andy then going on to sort of play for Ireland and get the Preston move was there any sort of you know pangs of envy sort of watching from afar as they were sweeping up you no. know, national attention and, and playing in Europe and playing at the Aviva and stuff like that. No, I wasn't envious. Um, obviously, I would have wished I had I had been a part of it um, because every little boy like Boiler and, and Hawks, they they got both got called up to represent their country and that's something that I've always wanted to do. So I was just delighted for them because they're really good friends of mine and I know how hard they work. Um, I know before Andy went to Preston, I know he was juggling a job and he was playing football. I travelled up with him every day and I seen the commitment he had to make. So to see someone like that get the rewards was was incredible it was. And I was so happy for him. I was probably one of the first ones to text both of them and say how delighted I was. And same with Steve. And when, when they did go on the run, I picked up the phone and said, listen, congratulations. It's well deserved for everything you've put in. Like so. Do you think that team in 2015 could have done something similar? Like You, you were close against Bahate that yeah. year and if you'd got through... Who knows what might have happened because you were arguably more dominant in the league that year yeah. than, the, than the team was last year. Yeah, that's what football is, isn't it? It's always if, yeah. buts, and maybes. You never know what's going to happen. Um, they, they were incredible in the Europa League, but like a small town like Dundalk to go and compete against massive clubs like that, like it was it was unbelievable. And I watched every game that I could, like, and I was just dug into it, and I was just so happy for all the lads getting to play on that such a big stage. Like, did it surprise you? No, no, yeah, it did a little bit, yes and no, because because I know how hard that the lads work, um, and I know what Steve and what Finney and and the backroom staff, I know how much they put into it. So when you know how much people put into it, they deserve to get the rewards. But as I said, they are a small small club in the small part of the world, you know, and they're going off to play against these Russian giants and, and teams from Holland and that, you know what I mean, which is incredible. Do you feel that the profile of the League of Ireland has kind of improved now, you know, in other countries because of what they did? Yeah, well, I put them on the map. I know all the Brighton lads, they are watching some of the games as well and they were saying, they're a good side, like, they're really good and I was saying, I told you so, like, because I was always I was saying, their best player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was saying to the lads, like, there's good footballers in Ireland, it really is, like, and the standard people sometimes bad mouth it and they think it's not good but the standard is good in Ireland and when you see a team like Dundalk 
representing the the whole country on a big stage like that, it shows that teams can actually do it. And Dan, you, you had a funny story about one of his first games with Dundalk where oh, he picked up the ball kind of deep. Well, yeah, the, like Dundalk's first game in the 2013 season was a home against Shamrock Rovers. First Kenny game? First Kenny game, yeah. and reasonable crowd turned out, although a good crowd, but there was more to come. And you're coming off the back of the worst season Sort of, it's well documented how bad 2012 was, and I just we were speaking about it a bit. I remember a couple of times in the first five ten minutes of that game, Richie dropped short. They'd get the ball off the centre half, get the ball off the keeper, and there was there was just like, <laughs> what do you do? You remember like sort of the yeah, they're all shouting at me to get off the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> you doing back there? Go back <laughs> up the other end. Well, no, I, I think after that they they realised that we could play. Um, how did that happen, Richie? Was that just from the players? Or was it from Stephen or? The players that we had, like we had very talented players there. We did like Steve. You haven't really played together before. No, either. I remember their first game. I can't remember whether it was Finn Harps or Wexford Youth, and it was our very first preseason game. We got beat two 0 and I just thought, oof, <laughs> they were the league below. I thought we're in for this year again. We are, but then, as I said, it was our first game with probably fifteen new players. We didn't know each other, and we ended up gelling together, and we actually got a bond that most teams don't get. And when you have a bond like that, and you want to do well for your friends and uh, and their mates. Like You want to actually play well for them. And we just clicked with it. And when a team clicked, it's unstoppable. There, there was also that night in the Baron Oriel, there was this sort of old lad. He was fairly out of it now. <laughs> a few drinks. And he was wandering around the place going on about how he'd, he'd backed Dundalk to win the league 100 to 1. And everyone's like, just t- typical Dundalk. One good result. Wasting and people are losing. <laughs> and then as the season went on, it was like, this fella's a judge. You know, yeah, where, yeah. where is this lad? Because you... You challenged that first year as well, yeah. which people forget. That well, it was the, Vic, the defeat in Pats was the killer at the end of the season, wasn't it? When Darryl Cavanagh scored, I think, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. I remember that. I remember that. They, they, were, they were better than us that year. There was no doubt about it. Like, we gave as good as we could have that season, but they were very strong that season. They already had the likes of Killian Brennan and that, who was, who was on fire that year. And Darryl Cavanagh joined as well. Um, so Christy Fagan was banging in goals as well. So we found it tough we did, but we tried our best. And I think probably losing that probably gave us to kick up the backside to go and win it the, the, the year after you know and it was something that we were very determined to do and, and I must ask you actually Patrick Hoban um, his career hasn't worked out in Britain at all um, you know you've gotten a new contract from a Premier League club but Patrick's now being let go and he might come back to Ireland would you know, what were what were Patrick's attributes? Because you used to dovetail very well with him back in the day yeah Pat was Pat was great he was like because I'd never heard of him before he came to us. Um, and when he came in, he was strong, very physical, great in the air, had great control, lovely force touch, and he hit the back of the net, you know, um, which for a striker, that's what you have to do. So when he first came to us, everybody, it was kind of like a breath of fresh air he was. And uh, I, to be honest, I think he probably went a year too early, um, maybe another year playing another 35, 40 games, probably would have been good for his, his development. But that's the decision he made. And... Uh, I still hope that he, he goes on to have a great career. And how do you think Maguire is going to go pressing? I think he'll do very well, especially he's hopefully he hits the ground running. If he plays the way he's been playing over here, he'll just hit the ground running and he'll be flying. He will because he's he's a great lad and he's a good player as well. You know, um, he's obviously got the hat trick in, in the previous game against against a team like Dundalk, so it shows he can do it at, at any level. So. I really hope that he goes over there and, and gels in well with, with Preston because they're a great club. Where, I mean, could you see that ability in him and that short spell he had at the end of 2015 because he, he didn't really play for whatever reason. Yeah. He just didn't really get in the, in the side. But that's it again. We had a very settled team 
and he joined halfway through a season it's probably something similar to me like when I joined halfway through a season and, and you don't get the opportunities you, you couldn't drop the likes of Daryl Horgan or, or Darren Mealan when he first joined because they were playing so well all the time and it would have been unfair so he just didn't get the chance that that was there from um obviously the likes of Dave McMillan and that as well was flying at the time and scoring goals so it was just hard for him to fit into us but we could always see his talent uh, he obviously represents Ireland as well at under 21 level he did and, at the time when he came to us, he, he was he was a great addition, he was, but obviously just didn't get the game time he wanted. Because one of the questions we got, and I suppose you talked about it yourself towards the end of your time here, is from the, I think it's from the You Boys and Green website, actually. Does Richie think Maguire could make the step up the international level, I suppose, now, or does he need consistent football at a higher level first? I mean, c- could he have been capped recently, I guess, is the question. I don't see why not. Like People will never know unless they're tested at that level. You, know? you see the likes of... People kept asking questions, is Horgan good enough, is Boyle good enough? Then they go over to Preston, they make the step up and they do well and play for Ireland and represent the country and it shows that they can do it, you know. So um, it's down to just getting an opportunity and I'm sure if he gets an opportunity that he'll grab it with both hands and he'll do well. But you, that attitude is possibly always going to be there, isn't it? That you need to play yeah. at a higher yeah, level definitely. on a week basis. And it's, sometimes it's probably right as well because you have lads that are playing at the championship level, week in, week out, and, and doing well. And obviously it is a, a step up from the League of Ireland. I'm not being any disrespect by that, but it is a step up. It's there for everyone to see. Um, when you have lads playing well over there and lads playing well in Ireland, they, they can't really compare it because it's at a different standard. And the lad who's playing the championship is always going to get picked ahead of them. And it's like one of the best supported leagues in Europe, the championship. Yeah. You know, it's a big league. I know. And with there's a lot so of money involved in it yeah. as well. Like for us to get promoted, it was worth about 180 million or something. Which is colossal. Dundalk like, got 110 grand for in the league. <laughs> That's what no. I'm saying. Like, so you can't compare. Like, how can you compare the champions for from Dundalk to the champions yeah. of the championship? Like, it's, uh, it's a different world. Yeah, it's a different world. Like, it's it's uh, crazy. We have a question from uh, Kitog. Do you know what Kitog is in Irish? <laughs> oh, that means Richie. Do you know Dan? Is that like a left hand? Left footer. Yeah, footer. Yeah. Our, le- our left hand. Yeah. yeah. So Kitog says. Good question. How does Chris Hewton compare to Stephen Kenny? Does anyone compare <laughs> to Stephen Kenny? Uh, they're very different yeah. very different managers uh, Stephen you know you're going to be asked a good Kenny story now Jesus <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I'll just say if you're not playing well under Stephen he'll come in and he'll let you know uh, and like personally or, or collectively yeah as, as a group as well but if he has to go if he has to go individuals as well I've got it many a times often I have you know what's the angriest you've ever seen Stephen Kenny Jesus. I was quite lucky that when we were there I think we only lost one game in the whole season you know so uh, I'm trying to get myself <laughs> over here I am um, no but he'd let you know uh, he'd give you the hairdryer treatment and, and he'd let you know what you're doing wrong and and he'd be like that and to be fair Chris is probably the complete opposite he's, he's very calm at all times like there's times where we've had stingers in the first half and he's came in you're thinking the lads are going to get a hair like and he'd come in and he'd just speak to them just say what you need to do. You, you need to get higher. You need to drop deeper. You need to get on the ball. You need to push it. So he just tries to give you information where sometimes you need to kick up the arse, but sometimes you need just, just to be told what you need to do properly. You know what I mean? And actually, when you when you signed for Dundalk, what was that like? How did that happen? <laughs> it was weird, it was. Because I didn't want to sign for Dundalk. Like, I'm not going to lie about it. You know what I mean? Like, you thought you'd get someone better. like Yeah, yeah. of course I did. Yeah. Um, they nearly got relegated the year before the the season just before so I was thinking oh, I don't want to I don't want to go there that it's quite far away from my house as well it used to take me like over an hour to get up there which was where uh, Inchicore oh you're in Inchicore yeah. Yeah, yeah so well, it used to take me ages to get up there so 
my dad was adamant on me going. He like he knew what sort of manager Stephen was, and he said just trust it and just go with it. Just do a season. If you don't like it, sure you don't have to play there. Then so I said okay. So I ended up signing, and once I signed there and played a few games, I just loved it. I really loved it. I loved the way Stephen handled himself. I loved the way he went. I loved the way he had his teams playing, and straight from the first day we went in, like probably relegation candidates, he said no, we want to play football straight away and for me as a midfielder that's something that I loved and uh, I think all the lads just jumped on the bandwagon and, and that's what that's what helped us so much and was your dad a big influence in your career yeah he always has been um he still is now like we always talk about football we do um yeah so he's he's been great for me as he comes over to watch me all the time and he used to, he never missed the Dundalk game ever he used to go down to Cork up to Derry he used to travel everywhere so it's a little bit harder <laughs> for him now to, to come over and watch play first bit on my plane he so. wasn't joining in with the don't sell my towel chance <laughs> he, he he's no. probably leading the chance he was <laughs> yeah uh, yeah we, we have a few other questions when I popped through them actually um, who was the most promising player of all the young Irish lads coming through at Brighton because there's a few there isn't there it's sort of yeah. a, at the there's academy a, underage there's level. a lot um, there's been a few lads that have come to try and with us um, they're a little bit younger. They're Jason Malumbi. Malumbi is there, isn't he? Yeah. Excellent. Very good. He's going to have a big future. And uh, Daniel Mandro as well. The two of them are exceptional. Yeah. Um, Jason's an absolute athlete. He is. Puts his foot in. Where the horse. Uh, he's good on the ball. He has he has everything, I think, Jason. And Daniel's so talented. He's he's just technically unbelievable. He has both feet. doesn't matter which one. So, uh, obviously, there's Desi Hutchinson as well. There's quite a lot. And then there's a few younger lads. Um because they're really starting to compete for young players because of the facilities yeah. apparently you are fantastic as you mentioned kids have been brought over yeah. seeing them and going as soon as yeah. I went that was like me as soon as I went over I went and had they they said to me come and have a look at the place first before you even sign if you want so I went over um, with my dad and as soon as I walked in I just said to me dad I want to play here I want to train here every day this will make me a better player and he agreed so I can see that younger lads going over will just buy their hands off to be able to, to be able to train their facilities. Do you feel you're a better player now after the 18 months or so? It's hard to know because I haven't had no the opportunity evidence. to judge it. Yeah, exactly. No like I can say to you, yeah, I'm a better player, but nobody knows if I am or not. Now, you did mention playing Astro tomorrow evening. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be like the, that'd be the sign down. I look like Messi playing against you. <laughs> <laughs> And I think rest. it could be the, when I was playing Astro against Johnny Ward, I knew I was in yeah. trouble. Says Tavel, you we know? should mention as well, after this, we have um, a quiz, which Richie is going to be asked six <laughs> questions pertaining to his uh, career. And also to mention, you're the studio guest at Dundalk and Harps. Yeah, on, that's right. On, yeah, uh, Friday week, is it? Yeah. The Dundalk lads are in for it there. I was going to say, who's, who's well going to be in the firing line oh, here? All my mates. Yeah. Hopefully I'll have stinkers out You're going to so be I monitored can, yeah. very closely here. I yeah. know. I can slaughter them. I can't, they can't do anything about it. You must be surprised at how poorly they're doing relative to Cork at least this season. Or yeah. are you? No, I'm, I am surprised. No doubt about that because I know the way Stephen is. I know mentally that he's so focused and he always has his players driven. I know that. So... I don't know what went wrong this year. Obviously, I haven't been in the camp. You know what I mean. And obviously, I speak to the lads. They they don't have the answers either. They don't they don't know what's what's been different from last year to this year. So, I think maybe the Cork have just stepped up. Um, when you have a striker like Shani, that's banging in goals. What has he got? Sixteen so far, yeah, or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's which is incredible. You know, um, when you have a player like that, it's sometimes it's unplayable. Like. Yeah, Dan. Any more questions? Well, Alan from your Matthews, end? I think he's the, the tough one. Who's the best player still left in the League of Ireland now? I assume we're going to take Sean Maguire out of it because he's on the way, and O'Connor as well. Uh, 
I'm a big fan of Finna, Roland Finn. Obviously, probably being a bit biased because I played with yeah. him, but I think that was one of Dundalk's biggest regrets, not holding on to him. Um, what happened there? I don't know. I'm not too sure. Um, wow. Yeah, they could have. They could have possibly tied him down last summer. I think that would be, yeah. be a point of view that would That's be... That's what happens when, um, you let, like, when you let contracts run out. Like, if you raise someone that much, give them a three-year deal. Give them yeah. a four-year deal. Like, show your faith in them, do you know what I mean? Then they won't go. They can't go unless someone's going to pay big money for them. So I think Finner's been a massive miss for them. Because I, I know playing with him, how much dirty work he done. Finner scored a lot of goals, created a lot of goals. But the amount of dirty work he done was incredible. Um, obviously playing midfield with him, I noticed that so much because we was running. I, sh- I should mention as well, we've been a little bit critical of Rovers this season. They've lost a lot of games, and Ronan probably hasn't had quite the impact, maybe. But I read the program from the Bray game the other night, and he's actually been struggling with a niggly yeah, injury for right. much of the season. Yeah. Actually, like where whereas it's actually been really affecting him, and he's kind of on uh, just game to game basis almost. Yeah, like I, I still came in ton- contact with with Finner. Uh, I don't think he done all pre season. I think he missed a good chunk of that. And he was given time off as well after Dundalk. Yeah, well, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Their season ran so long, it did. So sometimes when you miss a chunk of pre-season, you're playing catch-up and you start to get niggly injuries because you're trying to do too much too early, stuff like that. But I have no doubt coming into this start, this part of the season, Finner will just excel because he's a top player. Just, just to go back yeah. to what you were saying, though, what was the longest contract you signed in the league? Was it always one year? One year. One year at a time. Yeah. And But if they'd come to you with a three-year deal at any stage... Would you have taken it? Because the implication... Okay, I know maybe you're a bit younger, I guess, and looking to go away. Dan has a very sceptical face on him here. Now, well, no, I'm just, like. I'm just... No, if no, they, I'm just saying, when I first signed, if they had given me the money I wanted and, and said, here's a three or four year deal, I would have snapped the hand off. Really? Yeah. Because I had nothing else. Do you know what I mean? Where they take a chance and they say, all right, I'll give you one year. But then they're doing that and the lads are, are going and they're saying, where are you going? Because you're not showing faith in me. You know what I mean? You have to put your money where your mouth is. You have to put put the contract there, and, and lads will sign it. Like, is that going to change then? Um, I I think it's it's probably different for the, the players at certain stage. I think the twenty twenty one year old promising player will have people advising them not to not yeah, to commit for too course. long. But the guys who were twenty six, twenty seven, I think the doc made a big mis- made a mistake last summer, where um, I I think you know management and people there probably would have wanted to do some contracts around the Bate game when they won when they obviously got a few quid in the bank and I wonder at that point if they'd gone for I don't know even 18 month deals or sort of two and a half year deals they might have kept one or two of the players that had left I don't think Daryl was ever going to stay you know Daryl was was I'm always boiler. I don't think boiler yeah would, would boiler have taken it that's the that's the question yeah. but the likes of Ronan who he definitely would have yeah, taken it yeah and I think that's I'd the mistake say, that they made yeah I think. Finner as well at Rovers maybe there was because Finner's quite old well not quite old no I know what you're saying but he's, but, at, but he's at that stage yeah, of his life where it's different yeah so maybe being based in Dublin probably suiting him more as well obviously he has a partner as well Jamie Lee who's a lovely girl who we st- still keep in contact with her as well and maybe just wanted to spend more time with her because it is very demanding you know when you're going up and down from the dock every day and I know for me if I was here and I had a, a young a young baby especially if I'm not going to be able to get see her before I go to bed and stuff like that. It's it's gonna it's gonna make a big impact on your decisions. Do you see yourself playing in the League of Ireland again at some stage later on in your your career? Yeah, um, I always see myself coming back and living in Dublin. You know, uh, where are you from actually? Inchicore. You are from Inchicore. Yeah, yeah. yeah but we and you played for Crumlin, was it? Yeah, I played for Crumlin. But me and my partner, we just bought a house in Walkinstown. We did so. Uh, just just now. Yeah, no, we actually bought it last year, but we literally just moved into it about two weeks ago because it was getting completely renovated. So. 
Um, yeah, so that's where we're living. Touch your plane in England, no? What? Touch your plane in England. I know, yeah, she bullied me. She did. No, she, she, she's the boss. She makes the decisions. She does. So is it available? I'm going to commute from walking sound every yeah. day. <laughs> is it available for renting now then? Or was it sort of no, that's plan? what I said. Is that we're going to rent this out? Oh, what? It's cost me a fortune. She's like, no, nah, I'll live in it when I come back for a week of the year. I was like, all right, go on. But you see yourself back here? eventually I'll, like i'll definitely come back to live in in ireland yeah especially hopefully we obviously we have one one little girl already and hopefully we have a few more kids so i definitely want to bring them up in dublin you know um i love dublin i do i love being home i have a, all my family is here you know so um when have you found the transition actually to living in england well, especially when you just became a dad as well that yeah. must have been a challenging yeah, couple of for that one she did say so yeah, yeah. she was over the mill and milked when her baby was three days old so Three that, days old. Yeah, that was quite tough. It was, but um, yeah, she's. I think she's forgiven me now. Did <laughs> you live outside Brighton? You were saying. Yeah, just a little bit outside Brighton, but it's a beautiful place. Um, obviously, I think Dublin's best place in the world, but uh, Brighton's beautiful it is, and obviously being so close to London is handy as well. And when we get a few days off, we can we can go up there and and enjoy that as well. And would that be a, any consideration with your loan club? Like, if somebody from Mad up north went for you, would you be like? Ugh. No, not really, because I left my family already, do you know what mm. I mean? Like, my mum and dad and, and everyone lives over here, so for me to uproot from Brighton wouldn't be a big thing, purely because I'm not leaving anyone there, you know? So that wouldn't be too bad. Uh, Rory Gilson, the favourite goal scores uh, whilst at the three in a row champions, uh, two in a row in Richie's time, your favourite goal for the knock? It's got to be that cup volley. Final. No, cup, cup final. Cup final? Yeah. I mean, you're looking like you're <laughs> disputed with him, Johnny. Like yeah. it's, He's allowed to go for whatever one he wants. Nah, Richie, you're scoring wrong at, Scoring at the Aviva that, is probably pretty that, good. That, yeah. was a, that was an absolute golf swing anyway. He just club foot that. <laughs> that was left foot. I never even kicked the ball ah, on the left that, foot. I don't, but the volley yeah. was... The volley was some goal now. Yeah. It's favourite goal, not best goal. Yeah. It's a crucial Dan, the, and the volley, do you remember much about the volley, Dan? Which volley was that? It was against... It was only like a minute gone. I remember it. I've uh, watched it about a hundred times. <laughs> it, was an, um, it was like... The came over my shoulder the equivalent of a, I don't know I'm thinking of a goal that was like it it's one of the best goals I've ever seen in the League of Ireland I'm sorry my details aren't better than that yeah. no to be fair even against who was um, it Bray Bray yeah. in, in Oriel yeah. Yeah. oh and yes Hork, I actually do remember Hork's, that goal Hork's clipped it over the top oh, but I don't even know what I was doing that far up the pitch after 10 or 30 seconds or something like that Unbelievable technique. Oh, that was like a 6 1 or 7. Yeah. He actually did a job on them that day. Yeah. Yeah. 7 1. Yeah. Yeah. Got our Chris, our brace support. So Chris is a brace supporter, so he remembers it all. Yeah. yeah. We are flying that game we were. Uh, we actually had a poll as well after our last show about the best goal of the season so far, and it restored like my faith in democracy because I was sure Dan's preference will get more votes than mine. I, I explained to you there's more Cork fans, so they're always going to win. <laughs> like, go, goal of the season votes. Uh, all around the world are ruined by it was a better goal goals. It was a better it's like goal. in England, it's always Arsenal or Liverpool goals that win goal of the season. Okay, for a couple of for years back, that, no, go City, go City got it this year for us. His goal was left foot oh, halfway line. Yeah, he, oh, yeah. That got uh, EFL goal. Do <laughs> you remember Kasami got that goal for Fulham a couple of years mm. back? Amazing goal. Didn't even get cited in the goal of the season. Okay, Probably okay. Well, let, let's goal. ask Richie. Well, didn't get right? was good, I was. You didn't get, well, the goal of the season in, in like as, as Shep actually tweeted, he, it didn't even get goal of the month. You know, so Shep, you're good. Fans. Shep, yeah. well, he's Shep. You're he, got a good pally here, is he? He was a Galway United man. We all knew him as Shep. Like oh, okay. he was a Galway United stalwart. So if you score a goal from the halfway line, where you spot the goalie off his line, it's great execution. Or you score an outside of the foot volley from outside the box that Shepard scored against Pose. I don't know if you've seen these goals. Oh, I see Conan Burns now. Conan Burns. I see Conan. It's pretty good. Cordes has done a couple of them as well. Cordes Ball. Oh, yeah, he had a, he's always had them in the locker. Volley, yeah. He's one of the best goals ever, ever I've seen at any that game. That was unbelievable. 
I remember Probably better than yours against Bray. No, nah, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely was. Any more questions, Dan, from uh, our loyal? And we have to say, far more questions than we ever got for any other guests. Uh, yeah. A long, a long, where would you like to be sent out on loan? I mean, that's a bit of an unfair question, yeah. really, to be fair. Barcelona or somewhere. Yeah, that'd yeah. be good, yeah. Um, yeah, there's, yeah, I think that we've got through the main... The main hub of the question. I think we should move on to the quiz. The quiz. We? Do you want to do the questions or shall I? We well, go uh, one each. Well, I thought there was five questions, but you said no, there, there are six. Six. So I think Chris was over with a pen and paper. He's added some. It's absolutely a bitch of a question. Has obviously <laughs> been added. If Chris has stuck, stuck it in. So you go with the. I'll the go for ones. one. I'll go for question one. Okay. Uh, so this is like a quiz on Richie's time at Dundalk. To be clear, we're not going to throw in, yeah. you know, sort of a few election who, questions who, or something. Who was your first girlfriend? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Again, a girlfriend team, Johnny. Damien Dunleavy, by the way, you know. Damien Dunleavy. Damien Dunleavy. I'm getting my name. Who's Damien Dunleavy? I don't. Again? He played for he played League of Ireland back in the day. Yeah. yeah. Johnny Dunleavy, get in touch. It's with us. <laughs> Johnny Dunleavy, we haven't forgotten your question. Or, or you, Johnny, but we're not going to quiz you today in your own situation. Um, who did you score your first goal for the Dundalk against? Uh, obviously, I guess competitive goal rather than any pre-season game or anything like that. We can give you a bit of help as well. I think, no idea. Um, let me think. Do you want a clue? Yeah. It was a 30-yarder for a deflection in a 2-0 win. That's not helping me at all. <laughs> it was um, away from home, I think. In Dublin. And Bowes. At both, yeah. yeah. Now, the description of the goal, I read the report was, it was a 30-yarder, took a deflection off Roberto Lopez and went in. Oh, that's you right. would probably say it didn't get a deflection off him or whatever. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah and Turner Milvana got the other goal in yeah, that game. Yeah, that's right. So, okay. Because Richie did say that his, before his, end, his, his recollection of I his remember Turner's goal as well. I took a free kick to keep our spilled it. Is that right? I don't, I don't even remember that now yeah, myself, but... Like um, he did say before his recollection of his own career isn't great, but he does seem to have details, so I think he might do be better yeah. than we actually think here. I gotta Over thank uh, uh, one of our soccer colleagues, Dan James Rogers, for sending in some stats on Richie as well. Many of which I have, <laughs> and one of them is you never scored against Longford Town. Actually, that's uh, the last question in the quiz, Johnny. But thanks they very much for eleven men behind <laughs> the ball. <laughs> I didn't see that. Honestly, this Dan, is, come up with another one. This is just no, like, just ask me at least. Johnny, I get like, one right. Okay, okay just, just go on to question two. Come just go on to question two. <laughs> no, just go on to question two. We still two. have a sixth question. Go anyway. on to question two. No, we don't. We have five now. No, that was actually a very good question. Finish it. We've two Question two. Would you have known that? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Can you remember the three teams you scored hat-tricks against? You scored four against one of them. Yeah, Drogheda. Jeez. That was Drogheda. I scored four against. You scored four hat-tricks against Drogheda. No, well. no, no, no. Uh, four goals. Tell you, you're having an absolute uh, nightmare. I am. You're absolutely, an absolute Dundalk nightmare. are playing the drugs weekend, of course. Okay, that's, that does not dig you out of a hole. You cannot just... So you scored <laughs> four against... Okay, I'll take the quiz from this point. Right. I'm having, I'm having a mare. You scored you scored four goals against Rada, but the other two teams you scored a hat trick against. Derry. Derry, yeah. September uh, twenty thirteen. Yeah. I remember that game. I think, oh, I Ro- I think that. Roddy was my That was my first hat trick. I remember yeah. that because my grandmother had just passed away. Ah yes, I think it was. I never ever scored a hat trick in my life, so I knew she was looking down on me that day. Yeah. Um was your one? Um, I'm thinking Bray, but no. It's it was it was Galway in April twenty fifteen. So, oh, yeah. I think that might have been a five or six. I think it might have been a heavy enough victory. Was that an Oriel? It was an Oriel. Yeah. yeah, it was an Oriel. I remember so. I scored two down there as well. So, I didn't think it was. I, I was trying to think whether it was that game or not. Yeah, well, we're trusting James here. So, you got a, got a, another worldly in Galway, didn't you? Yeah. Remember, yeah, outside the box, kind of on the volley or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Um, really broke my hip down there. Which uh, goalkeeper saved the one penalty you missed for Dundalk? Limerick. Uh, 
Ryan, Barry yeah, Ryan, Barry yeah. Ryan. One of the oh. characters of the game. Yeah, absolutely character. gutted I was. Tried to give him the eyes, he was thinking, no chance of that, I'm any of that. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh, I couldn't believe it. That no, was great to have that. Okay, which team did you score the most goals for Dundalk against, do you reckon? Drotter, no. Galway? No. This is, a, this is a pretty impressive one, actually, when you think about, well, I'm going to give it away if I say that, but a rivalry. Rovers? No. I'm lost here. Cork. What? Oh, yeah. I was always scoring against them, actually. <laughs> yeah. That's mad. I yeah. completely forgot about Eight that. Eight goals against Cork and did in four different games in Turner's Cross. Because I do find when I speak to Cork fans, they always... Hate me. Yeah, well, they yeah. hate you, but respect you at the same time. Because yeah. you, you had a great run against them there, yeah, didn't you? Yeah, I know. Yeah, that was a strange one. It was because them games were always so tight, they were. Us against them, because they were, they were your biggest competitors uh and any of our seasons, so to score against them that many times, I used to remember thinking, this isn't going to keep going, and then I ended up just, it was probably just one of the lucky teams that I had. Yeah, the cup was final probably, was the icing on the cake yeah. then in that regard, wasn't it? Then they definitely all hated me after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, question I, I, five has been ruined. I've, by, come, uh, I've come up with a replacement. All right, okay. <laughs> Name the only club you scored against in Europe. You scored yeah. twice against them. Yeah, I know. Before very first game, Rich, you're. Re- I'm having a mirror here. You're not doing much better. Like, <laughs> he's, Nick, act- no, he's actually doing quite well. Ginnis- he's he's yeah, been I reminded of Hatchet, so he still can't remember. Yeniseshk, Yeniseshk. There you go. That's not it, sure yeah. about the pronunciation, but I'm. I, yeah. I, I think the pronunciation is from Luxembourg. Yeah, 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 I remember. yeah. That, and that was before the Croatia game, was it? Yeah, yeah before the split game. Yeah. So last question: Blur or Oasis? <laughs> Don't even know who Blur are, so I have to say Oasis. <laughs> Coldplay over any of them. Dan, we're getting old, are we? Yeah, I that's think, a yeah. Father Ted joke. Yeah, that's because it was a character, and Father Ted looked a bit like <laughs> Richie. That, that was Joe, the whole point. Joe Rooney. Joe Rooney. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. that for you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Richie, you, you were a big fan of uh, playing with your hair during games. I, I, yeah. I remember, like, you were going to get a lorry. Better play with something else. Isn't <laughs> <laughs> we finally got the call we were looking for. Um, yeah, I don't know if we've much else for the boy uh, towel. No, I think no. He's, he's, he's done well on the quiz, to be fair. I'm yeah. not sure about that. Oh, I've done well. You, you remember half the questions away, so. <laughs> you, remember, you remembered Barry Ryan, to be fair. Yeah. You know, so. so will you go to a game? He still haunts me in my sleep, you don't have to say. <laughs> he's a champ. He was one of the real characters. Will you he's go to a great game keeper. Friday? Yeah, he actually was. Very, very good keeper. One of the best keepers that Goy Noy's ever had, anyway. Um, mm. Will you go to a game on Friday? I'm going to watch Bray against Derry. Interesting. That's yeah. what John Sullivan, I yeah. guess. With that. Yeah. Oh, he's suspended though, isn't he? Yeah, that's what I said. I can't wait to go. We were only running yesterday. I was thinking, why is he running if he's playing on Friday? So I said, I can't wait to watch you play on Friday. He says, I'm suspended. I was like, that's that plan out the window. I'm not going up now, but I'll probably just go with him anyway to watch the game. Who, who was the toughest opponent you played against in your time in the league or that you really enjoyed the battles with? Um, Probably the likes of Garrod Morrissey or, or something like that. Very, very physical player. He's very strong, very quick and powerful and all, very good on the ball, protected the ball very well. Um, then obviously when you play against the likes of Stephen McPhail and he's just giving master class and passing, you know, like sometimes you're trying to trying to close him down and he's just popping it off you. You can't get near him. So yeah, it's it's probably one of them too. And which ground would you have enjoyed going to the most? Uh Rovers or no Pats? I used to love going. Well, Pats used to get, used, they used to love you there, didn't they? As a local lad. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but it's mad because they they tried to sign me before the dog did, and uh, whatever happened, they ended up never signing me. That didn't that, really, that didn't must really be, want that me. must go down as a bit of a regret there for Pats. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. your local club and all that. I know. Yeah, it was literally like a stone throw from my house. Like I could, it was around the corner, like 10, 15 second walk or something. 
And yeah, they pulled me off. They did so. I said, "Yeah, I'll make that. Let's just know about that in a few years." <laughs> <laughs> and he has. Yeah, he uh, has. Yeah. Uh, Richie, it's been great having you on. Enjoy the Carlisle grounds. Yeah, um, and maybe keep us, uh, you know, and keep in touch about who you sign for on LOI Weekly. We might. Uh, Put it you break it in air sport on Friday week when he's doing the Harps game. You know, well, better again. On air, but. Better again. And uh, yeah, best of luck with your the season ahead because we're all, everyone is still wishing you yeah. all the best. I think even opposition clubs in Ireland, everyone wants to see you do well in, in, in Britain. So Thanks very much. Appreciate that. Cheers, Richie. Brilliant. I always love an old podcast. <laughs> Week 18, the show must go on, Dan Cork v Limerick, uh, which is live on air. They have a special guest uh, who was uh, roundly abused on our show last week by the name of Damien Lynch. Is he special? He's No, he's not at he's, all. He's a guest. He's a guest. He's no Richie Towell. But we have a bit of uh, an audio grab here from Conor McCormick, who I think we said was the second, possibly the second best player in the league this season last week. Or we, we certainly said he was the biggest signing or something like no, that? No, I think we had him down in, in the second best category. We didn't actually definitively go for a second best. We just threw a load of names into the mix and just sort of left it there. People can still listen to last week if they want. If they yeah, it. yeah. It was still a review, relevant review of, of, ahead of the, the first half. Here's Connor talking ahead of Cork v Limerick. How have you found the move down Leeside? I'm sure the team's great form has made it a lot easier to settle in. My first day in here, I just like I felt the hunger, you know, like in the players and stuff. Like, and it's great to be a part of it. And um, like, so far, so good. Anyway, she's built a she's built a great young, hungry team, as I was saying, you know, and. Like, uh, like he deserves an awful lot of credit because he's a great manager, so he is. And uh, like uh, a lot of the success this year is down to him. But over the years, I've played in like a number of different positions, and like obviously the manager knows that, and like, he's not afraid to like uh, put me into places that you know, like if we're struggling or um, like uh, he needs me, like he knows that he's going to get like a hundred percent out of me, you know. But like, uh, like I'm pleased how things have gone now that I'm playing in the like, defensive midfield role. I think there's where I play my best football. The last match before the break was a three-nil win up in Dundalk. What was the mindset going into that match? Some people were saying, "Oh, if you go up there for a draw, you know, it's not a bad result." Like, uh, but in this team, like, uh, we believe that we can win every game, and uh, like, uh, we went up on Friday and uh, we showed everyone that we can do that. Yeah, and that was uh, Ben Egan speaking there to Conor McCormick, and a um, couple of stats that own uh, also from Air Sport has put Stop together man. for us here. 48 goals Cork Dan have, and they'd only 27 after 17 games last season. That is an incredible difference. Yeah, and it was, it was just a blatant problem that they had was just scoring goals across last year. You know, that um, there would be times where you'd always fancy them to fire a blank in a given week. You know, they just, uh, particularly away from home, they, they would have dropped silly points. And um, I know we spoke about it last week. You know, the, the, the league race resumes now or whatever kind of league race it is that we actually have um but that sort of clinical edge that they showed in that match it was so impressive against Dundalk you know we're talking about the game against Limerick um you, you, okay you, you you try and from the perspective of the chasing pack who are like long gone really but is there any sort of faint hope you wonder does a mid-season break check their momentum in some way does it stop them they're on this unbelievable momentum of just every week just moving on to the next game and probably no help I, you would think it wouldn't be a, a great help to them but the flip side of that is you'd assume it's so mentally draining what they've been doing just to keep going and I mean Richie spoke earlier about how he used to like the mid-season break and that's when he was in a very successful team just to maybe a couple of the players get away you know recharge the batteries come back in with a sort of a fresh approach I mean maybe would they have been vulnerable after beating Dundalk 3-0 if they had a game the following week to almost have a, 
a come down from that. You know, they almost get caught cold. It's always like they say teams are sometimes vulnerable off the back of a brilliant result. And they've actually had time to think and maybe approach this game with a very much a fresh focus rather than it just being another game tagged on to the Dundalk game previous week. So Limerick are still sort of finding their way with the new the new manager. They're not playing um, them at a bad time though because Cork have a fair few distractions at the moment. Yeah, and I think that is going to be the challenge over the next um, sort of six to seven weeks, however long they 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 keep the lads, you know, Maguire, and then it's obviously to be agreed when O'Connor goes, um, and and John Caulfield has said that uh, it's just a matter of figuring out the departure date, and um, then they have the situation with Ryan Delaney as well, who picked up an injury the other night in the Monster Senior Cup game. They actually played a strong enough team, a couple of the bigger players involved, which I was slightly surprised by, but maybe there was an element of um, getting the lads back sharp and, and getting that maybe any any rustiness from a holiday break or something um, out of the system. Um, and it doesn't seem like his, his injury was, I don't think it's that serious, but um, may, maybe it halts their momentum a bit. And uh, if, if I was from the court perspective, you know, in terms of the club, but you kind of would hope that the sort of people come out that this is their last chance to almost their last five or six weeks to see some of these players playing for them, particularly Maguire, who's such much, a yeah. marketable figure that there should be a real fanfare around the fact that this is their boy, you know, and this is come and see him while you can. Um, We're going to have so, to get to a prediction, I think. I, I well. think I, I, how could you go against Cork, really? I think your reasons for going against them are on variables that we don't know about as in are they being affected in some way by uh, the break and all that I don't think you can speculate and have a stab at it but on on pure form it has to be a home win I'm going to take a punt on an away win here uh, just so we can talk that is a punt John. It. it is that a is punt, a punt. Yeah. you should I, get double points in predictions for that really yeah, shouldn't you because like, they're going to be uh, sort of nobody's going to tip them Ogbeni going back there is going to be quite interesting he's been in great form the last few weeks and uh, I still haven't seen him I still actually haven't seen very, Limerick, very Limerick this year but I've spoken to like fans of a couple of clubs who they've they've seen him in the last month or so and he's he seems like he's really tormented teams and, and I think he feels like he's yeah and I think he feels like he's a point to prove that he wasn't maybe wanted enough at Cork that he did move to Limerick but in any event if you're watching it on Air Sports on Friday night it should be an exciting Munster derby and Dan is going home win and I'm going to go away win uh, I again, think we'll give you double points in the predictions if that actually very much off. taking a punt just as well uh, Drogheda versus Dundalk it's not the formality maybe that some people think will be the drugs have been quite difficult to beat at uh, United Park yeah they have I mean the, the, there's two there's two ways of spinning it I mean they're the lowest scorers in the league with 13 goals um, their home record's been okay I think it's 10 points from 8 but they've they've upset a couple of teams there you know, even against Cork actually although Cork With 10 had, men yeah like Cork ended up winning the game comfortably but didn't really tell the story because of the, the red card for Richie Purdy in the first half and when the drugs were pretty competitive so they're a sturdy opponent for the Dundalk um, I, w- I would go for an away win in recent years, Dundalk coming out of the break have been good. I mean, they they haven't had a, a really haven't had a break in the sense of um, being off for the whole time. I and mean, they were in that training camp. They came out of the training camp last year or the training break that they had, and they went on a real winning run out of the break, and that sort of propelled them into Europe. And you've you've got to think they'll be capable of doing something similar. Their actual their derby record has been pretty good. They've beaten draw the last five times they've played them, um, and you would think they should be capable of scoring in the game and maybe drugs are maybe struggling for although the positive spin is that they've been hard to beat the flip side is that they've maybe 
haven't been breaking teams down. So I, I think an away win would be the call. It's a predictable call, but haven't scored in haven't scored in the last five. Um, I think their top scorer is Adam Wickstead, who seems to be actually playing really, really well as well of late. Um, and another interesting stat: Dundalk are twelve points worse off than they were at the equivalent time last season. But Owen I'm, was flying with these stats, wasn't he? Nah, he's flying with them. Um, We're but, just passing it off as our own information here. Yeah, like, I did give him a reference earlier on. But yeah, um, yeah like, yeah, I'm going to go with an away away night. They really need to win the game. I find Pats versus Bow is quite an intriguing game. Pats are missing... Uh, I think they're missing three players. I would argue weren't the greatest signings in the first place in Barker, Greg, and... Greg, uh, and Greg Rother, and... and uh, Gavin Piers. And Piers now, you know... <laughs> They've had a difficult season, Pats. I know they're definitely trying to bring players in. Uh, Bows are missing a few as well. I think they're missing Fitzgerald and Dylan Hayes as well. Yeah, it's a, there's a raft of suspensions. We'll talk about it a bit maybe when we get the Harps and Rovers. But and of course, it was a mad result in Daily Mount because this is when Pats seemingly got their season going by winning four 0 and that famous yeah, goal in Burn goal, but didn't go on them. from that. Yeah, they um, they have a terrible home record, Pats as well. Which you, is, I I don't know. We we don't actually have the stats here. Uh, Owen has obviously failed us in this one but I think Bowes have done okay in Richmond Park and I certainly have recollections of Bowes doing okay although maybe I'm just remembering good goals and the, the fans behind the goal going mad they might have like lost the game afterwards but um, this is a, I think in terms of momentum and coming out of the break it is a big one because you are now into the second half of the season you are if you're th- those two clubs whatever about their expectations beforehand you are in a relegation battle although Bowes I mean, yeah, they are. Like, you think chill. about it. Yeah. They, like they were, they were absolutely hammered by Pats, and they're five points ahead of them. You know, which is a, which is a pretty impressive return. So, I, I in terms of predictions, I, I maybe would be going for the draw here. It's a, I think coming out of the coming out of the break, uh, I think for Bowes it'd be a pretty acceptable result to just keep the distance between the two. But two clubs that you wouldn't want to be. You know, you wouldn't want to be sort of punting big on on the outcome of no. their games, and um, Pat's particularly up and down. I mean, whatever about you, you are right. You know, they're obviously looking bringing in players, and and everyone's doing that. But I mean, they can't bring anyone in till the first of July, mm. so we are working with the squad that's there. And uh, the do, do some of them know that they're maybe on the way or that they're going to be shoved out, and and how to manage that? I guess with Bows, uh, I think their budget is pretty fixed. I don't think there's going to be much change in a Bows. Uh, maybe a Pats is a bit more uncertainty hanging in the air. And given how poor they've been defensively, to have half of their back four out is going to create problems for uh, Buckley. But I imagine maybe Desmond might go back centre-back or something like that. But tentative yeah. home win, tentative. Yeah, it's hard to be convincing. My my uh, lock of the week, as they call it in the States, is Jerry against Bray. And uh, we don't really talk much about odds in this show, but Bray are favourites here, which I don't think they should be You've at all. Been, uh, I, I shudder to think how much of uh, Johnny Ward's Weekly housekeeping budget has been. I don't have a big housekeeping budget. I, I, I'm what would, pretty, your, what would your outlay be in a given it, week? It wouldn't be big. I, I spend very, very well. You on would food. wander, you go around to like little, would you? On, I go for the 30% off Cork and Street. then I freeze it. Yeah. 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 That'd, be, that'd be your type of deal. Yeah. I bought two like shoulders of pork lately in the Chinese shop. I didn't even know what they were, but they were fairly cheap, so I said I'd give it a go. Well, where was the Chinese shop? Was it it's sort of, on uh, Jervis Loose up there. But how did you not know what it was? I just knew it was pork. I mean, I didn't know what the cut was. It was probably in Chinese, right, and something like that. Two nicker each, and you have to boil them for two hours. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and you haven't touched them yet? No, I, I cooked them. Oh. Uh, I was actually, I thought they were nice. But the, the housekeeping budget, I, I always argue that you could actually eat perfectly well for 20 quid a week. 
You possibly could. could. You need porridge but, in but the morning. You need some creative shopping, though. This is where you, you would, need. Yeah, but it's, you need to sit down and plan it. You do. And um, how much my budget? I haven't actually put all my bed so, on yet. So you put seventeen euro then of your twenty. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be buying like pork feet next week. If uh, I, I think Bray were in free fall going into the break, and I think Derry now with Patterson back. But could that have been a good bench. thing for them, though? Could the break have been like yeah. you talk about this whole? variable that you're having a stinking time I just get time. a feeling there's you're something ma- not right yeah, there yeah and, and okay th- there's chatter about that and you can't really go into it without knowing it you know for perhaps, the, without perhaps the, they're not playing well anyway no we say that. And it, but if you're, if you're certainly if things aren't going well and maybe you're a bit sick of the sight of each other then the break could be just ideal for you um, no John th- Sullivan obviously no suspended now, th- there you have him Patterson back is significant like, that's hugely significant start. no I wouldn't have thought so I think you want to mind them very carefully because they, they have Europe coming and Again, we'll, we'll talk about the draws later. But Sign I mean, three Jer- players as yeah, well. Yeah, Darion had such a tight budget that this, this European money, we always talk about it, is huge. Um, it's, it's really significant. And the fact that they're even going to have to play their game in Sligo, it's not going to be a money spinner for them unless they do something on the pitch. They've signed three lads. Yeah, one guy used to play for Rangers. Another guy, Owen Toll, I think he's, he was a Northern Ireland schools captain. He's at Armagh City. And the other guy is from Institute, a more local fella. Again... Again, they're like they're not shopping; like they're they're shopping in little as opposed to sort of Marks and Spencers. You know, in terms of their budget, they're being pretty prudent, and um, that is the admirable aspect of where they are. Bray the have table. been doing a bit of shopping in Marks and Spencers. Bray, I very went to Marks and Spencers, yeah, and then yeah, they got the fancy. Then, foods. then they realised, you know, they're going to have to maybe yeah. go to little in future. But um, so, you're no, I'm not, I'm not at all. Actually, I, I would argue with you that Derry haven't been banging in the goals of late again they've been involved in a couple of games where they've struggled and you'd always fancy Bray to score I think whatever you see the 31 goals I know but you just you just you know you, you, you feel they have the quality there we didn't maybe give Gary McCabe enough sort of praise maybe last week in the context of our season um, they still have a talented array of players maybe a bit of a break if they score in the game do you fancy Derry to score too Maybe you do because Brave has been so would, yeah. Brave and so ropey. I'm just saying, prediction wise, I would go for a draw. I know you're going to go for an away win. It depends on how much money I have on whether I'll actually go out there or not because I have other options. Maybe to go to uh, Hats, but if I if I have a substantial, if bet, you would, I'll probably go would, would you want to go if you had a substantial? Ah, uh, you'd I'd like to watch the game rather than watch like the match the tracker updates. thing that like we've spoke about last. Oh week. yeah, but yeah. you can't really. You can see a portion of the pitch, and you can hear like the fans on about the box set yeah that's actually very true so anyway that's an absolute banker for me uh, did you give that's a, if there's any fans in Bray to listen did to did you give a prediction there actually uh, draw okay so Harps and Rovers both teams to score draw uh, Harps and Rovers this is the game where there's eight players suspended for this one it's sort of strange because they, they have changed the rules in recent years to be fair and it's something I would have complained about. The, the four yellow cards punishment was, was way, way too harsh. Mm-hmm. Particularly come the end of the season and you'll have a centre half or there's a couple of instances. I mean, of course, it was the famous FEI Cup Finals one, which were just scandalous. And they've, they've never moved that. You can't, you can't get a Cup Final suspension for the minimum um, punishment. But there's, a, there's just a raft of lads who've picked up. The, they changed the five yellow cards, although the next hurdle is eight in terms of your next book, and I think it goes to 12. But, um, yeah, four players from Harps, McNulty, Damon McNulty, Danny Morrissey, um, Ethan Boyle, and there's a fourth one as well, uh, Caelan, the boy McAleer, the as boy you would McAleer, say. Yeah. And from Rovers is Graham Burke, Trevor Clark, Dave McAllister, and Webster. That's, like, that's four players who would play for Rovers. So two of the, the, 
So two of those must be picking up quite a few yellows then, and particularly... Uh, well, Clark has actually got to eight yellows, incredibly enough. Well, not incredibly enough, you've watched him play. Um, that's, the, that's crazy. Eight yellows in about 16 games mm. or whatever, because um, I don't think he's been picked in every single game for, for Rovers. So um, he's picked up a lot of bookings. I mean, he's a pretty full-blooded player. Um, not a bad thing in a sense that he's like gets himself about, but obviously he's very young. Yeah, it's not so Richie it's, Foreign levels of getting five red cards yeah, in a season. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's still, you know, and, and McAllister and, and Burke is obviously going to serve more than a one-match ban. Like, they're big losses. Like, they play all the time. I know they have a squad that, that can be a bit more, they have a bit more depth in the squad to cover it. Um, but I just wonder, I feel like I'm going draw central this week. I, I wonder Harps could get a result. They've made a big push, I must say, as well, locally for the game. I saw they, they ran a big press conference during the week. They put it all up online, like 30 minutes and really proactive and I think you know we we talk about clubs not doing stuff sometimes so when a club does something it should, be, should be pointed does out does Rihanna know about the game um, unclear if she does to be fair unclear. if they get a retweet from Rihanna at some stage of the season that would be like the creme de la creme wouldn't it it would be, be worth three points almost if they did it would It would. but but except it won't they're, like, they're doing well they're 18 points Definitely. everyone thought they were going to go down I'm going to go for a draw with you as well actually I think. yeah I think I, I think it's just possible like losing four players from Rovers is is that's a lot to lose, and especially as like Burke and Clark in particular have been really big players from, and Webster has been playing all the time with Lopez. I know again they have Divine and the various cover there, but that's that's a lot to cope with. So draw. And Sligo versus Galway United. Um, You're the Galway core here. I still haven't seen them, so interesting stat on Galway United uh, relative to how they were going at this stage last season. Um, that would definitely argue it's a more competitive league this season, but. They are 23 points this time last year, 14, 12 months on. Uh, that's a hell of a difference. And we've obviously let go our subkeeper. I'm not sure really what happened there, but, uh, you know, it's still fancy, you know, the chance of getting a, a result at least in Sligo. I, I definitely felt her a little after the game because Harps, he was like, some of these Damn lads beach. are playing for... Some of these lads are out of here unless they book their ideas up. Yeah, I think he signed a fella from Scotland, I think, as well. And... Um, I'd say they're probably very quite likely to have changes come July. So again, you wonder, are they in this limbo where there's guys who might know that there's changes coming down the tracks and they're waiting for that window to reopen? And even the manager himself, maybe, from what he said, and it could, could just be post-match bluster for, for, for whatever reason, um, but is there a sense that maybe uh, he's not entirely happy with what he's got there? Um, yeah, I think just your boys, they, they've just been struggling to win. Not you know, goals, like they're though. just not getting, not goals. getting goals, and uh, however good a side you that they've been in patches, it's that, that's just going to catch up with you. Over, I think that's what happened. You, you know, you got it got you so far, a really long unbeaten run, and yet, you know, a couple of wins for someone like Bowes, and uh, you know, they're miles. You know, they've, they've shot they've, ahead of you. They've got they've fallen behind in virtually every single game this season as well. That's been a real problem. So they've shown a lot of defiance and inner belief, but they're just not getting enough goals. And for that reason, I'm going to go for a home win. I was going to go for a home win too. Yeah. So there you are. A fair bit of uh, harmony in our in our predictions. And uh, the first division, Watford are playing Cabin Teeley, who've played New Zealand, I think, since we were last on. Uh, Big international. UCD versus Shelburne. Wexford against Athlone. And we must give a mention to their skipper, Graham Doyle, who's retired, long-standing goalkeeper at Wexford. And Saturday night, Longford, who I think... Applied, had applications and maybe interviews for the managerial position, are playing Cove, who are still going very strong. And uh, the first division table sees Watford lead by two points over Cove with UCD uh, back in third. And 
Richie Towell was good, and Richie Towell uh, probably didn't really get the chance to shine in Europe uh, that he may have. And the European draws, which now, Dan, uh, are probably quite exciting in the League of Ireland, are on Monday. Monday, this Monday coming, yes. Yeah, so it's a, it is a big time. There's no there's no downplaying it as much as I, I was listening I think, to Brian Gartland talking. I think to Gavin McLaughlin and today. Um, just on the Dogsport website, just speaking about, well, they've got five games before Europe and in their position at the moment. Europe um, is a long they, way away. They, they can't afford to be. But you can be sure the people running clubs are all very much aware of how big next Monday is. And what's um, on, like how many, so like are they going to have one set of draws or two draws? Are they going to go further down the line? No, or? I think, I mean, this is, uh, this is maybe not a great topic to go into. It's actually very unfair, I think, on the Europa League clubs that they have a draw on like the 19th of, of June and they will have their first game like 10 days later, particularly if... And I know they try and regionalise things a bit. Like for the Dock, it's fine. They've actually got three weeks until sure. their, their game comes in. They're in the second qualifying round. So, I mean, everything's okay for them. It's for the Europa League clubs, Derry, Shamrock Rovers and Cork, who could get landed with a bit of a trip and logistically to try and turn that round in 10 days is, is tough. They're all unseated. There'll be an element of regionalising. Maybe on Sunday evening, clubs will know the possible six opponents they could face. Um, again, we've touched on it. There's some really good sides in the seeded side of the draw. There's some ones, you know, we mentioned the Northern Irish clubs, but a couple of the Baltic nations as well, um, like so sort of Latvia and Estonia, I think in places, certainly Latvian teams are seeded and Irish teams have, in recent years, had some reasonable luck in terms of that round where they're unseeded. Um, are you optimistic this year? I just think it's it's very draw dependent. I, I think Cork should do well, whoever they're playing, because they're in a great run and you hope they will carry that momentum into it. I think Derry and Rovers are capable of handling themselves in Europe because um, they have good players. You would think the likes of Ronan Finn and, and people like that will come to the fore who's, who's played like two Europa Leagues. He's probably played over 30 games in Europe now um, and there will be others around them who've, who've been through it a bit. So it's it's complete look at a draw territory. It's It's... You you would think that if the same couple of teams keep qualifying for a couple of years, they should be. We have had teams seated in that first Europa League round, um, but it's just uh, you know Rovers are, would be close enough because they had that run in twenty eleven. They still have that counting, but it's dropped off a bit. So um, certainly, if the dog ends up in Europa League next year, which is pretty damn likely the way things are going, they'll be seated in a couple of rounds because they're so high sure, uh, from yeah. what they've done. And they were three away from getting seated this time. The dog needs to get FH. That's that's Again, basically yeah. it. Uh, yeah. We need to go back to Iceland. Um, that that is the only really attractive option for them. They would need to get back to the form of you know last year to really trouble the other sides. I think Dundalk probably ideally want to get a team. Okay, FH are mid season. Otherwise, if you're going to get a big gun, you want the team that's out of season and maybe you can catch them a bit cold. That they're is their pre. Could they play Celtic? They could, yeah. Mm. They could very much play Celtic. Celtic of 12 months ago would be preferable. <laughs> yeah, I think Celtic have, have got their act together a bit now. I, they're, 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 as much as it would be a glamour tie. I mean, Stephen Great to see two Irish Stephen, teams in their Viva. <laughs> oh, God. <coughs> Stephen Kenny doesn't give a crap about that stuff. And I think I would hate if Dundalk got Celtic. It would be an absolute nightmare. Um, it would be great for like publicity and all this, but it'd be uh, absolute hor- horror. I think you're being a bit over the top there. Pats and Celtic wasn't all that bad. It was horrendous. I could have a lot more fans now in terms of people. It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. I, I, I used to quite like the Celtic Rangers. You know, I would have watched the Celtic Rangers games in the 90s. Um, I remember Paul Byrne scoring that goal. I would have rooted for Celtic. I sort of stopped really having any grow for Celtic when I went to the game against Pats in 98 and there was a load of Irish voices in the crowd you know sort of taking the piss out of Pats a bit that wasn't and it's not the majority it's not everyone 
there's loads of people like the fans of clubs in the league who are Celtic fans too it's no problem it's just a personal preference I wouldn't want Dundalk to play Celtic yeah, I, 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 wouldn't be, I don't think it'd be an enjoyable uh, experience because if you did move it to a ground there's a very strong chance that the home club would be completely outnumbered in terms of uh, support actually there's not even a strong chance it would 100% happen yeah th- that's one thing I've noticed I've gotten older fewer people seemingly supporting Celtic that is moment, strange it know, is I think the Scottish league is a bit of a you know it's, it's just it's just lacking, lacking competitiveness obviously yeah I don't wonder what the reason I don't think we're qualified maybe to go into why it no. is but um, maybe there's less access to the SPL now as well that was week 17 great to have Richie on it was excellent it was good having him in I know he's uh, look forward to seeing what sort of outfit he produces now for his air punditry experience. Ten of fruits. Yeah, you'd imagine it'd be something. You know, he could have like uh, something just not not normal, not routine. I'd say there'd be something pretty over the top about it. Maybe. I really hope it works out for him in Britain, and the fact that he's gotten a second chance as well with the loan deal, and uh, just seems to have a great attitude. And we're always, as ever, on podcast Republic, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes. And thank you very much for listening. And we'll have episode 18 and a lot of reaction to the European draws next week. Mm-hmm.